guys. Welcome back to Recourage. This is a program dedicated to recouraging your heart as a man as we let God's Word pierce through our fears and strengthen our faith. I'm your host, Scott Bryant, the director of Journey Up Ministries and the lead climber of my amazing family. Guys, thank you for taking a moment to join me today on this dangerous but eternally satisfying journey up. Today, I want to encourage your heart to find that place where truth meets grace, even if that place is not culturally cool. Now, I want to admit right out of the gate that I want to be cool, don't you? I mean, I love what it feels like when I'm accepted by my peers, by my kids. I mean, you know, it's it's fun to be cool. And yet, so there's nothing wrong with having a, a good time and uh, enjoying life, you know. But the challenge I want us to look at today is, so how do we be men who take things seriously when there's some stuff in our world that's really going down that is really, really serious. And so we're going to take a look at God's Word, especially what it has to say to us as men who are trying to to lead our families well. And then I also want to speak to you guys who are involved in leading in the church. And Again, from my journey, having been involved in both and still being involved in, in leading out in my own family, and then in this ministry, you know, I, I really want you guys to know, I feel for you, it is not easy to lead toward the eternal in a world that really wants us to focus just on the earthly. And, and so you'll find that, man, I want to speak the truth of what our God says, and I want to acknowledge what my flesh says. And I'm just guessing your flesh says too. And my flesh wants to be accepted by my world. I want to be approved by men. I want, I want to be accepted. I don't want to be looked down upon or looked at as weird. But guys, the bottom line is that our Jesus came to, to this world. He journeyed for 33 years. And uh, three of those years, we know a lot about his journey. And the reality is he was not liked by everybody. And so if we're going to journey up in his steps, we're going to have to just face the, that reality and to know that, man, there'll be people who love us and there'll be people who do not. So let's look at the word of God. It's our climbing guide. It's uh, for how we journey up. And let's notice a few things. And I, I love these snapshots that he gives to us and how we should lead in our homes. And what's so cool is there's a, a lot of times there's a parallel between how men should lead in their homes and then that is used as kind of a, a, a type, a parallel, an example for how guys should lead in the church. I want to start with uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, uh, verse 10, and we're Paul says to the church there, he says, you know, you are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. So here's a guy, he's, he's really seeking to, to set an example, not just of being hip and cool. All right, I, I don't know if those have been words that would have been used to describe Paul, but here he was, he had set an example of holiness, righteousness, and blameless. And then he says, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Now, guys, I just want you to sit there for a moment and listen to that. He has given us a lot just in those, those couple verses so far. We haven't even gotten to the main thing yet. He's telling us that there is actually 
uh, a way in which a man should lead in his home that's going to look very similar to how a guy would lead in the church. He says, we dealt with you like a father deals with his children. Now, how does that look? What's that look like? Well, here's what he says it, it did and it should look like. As a father is encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Guys, do you hear the, the amazing picture there? There's a picture of family leaders and church leaders working in harmony, working together in seeking to encourage, comfort, and urge those under their care. Can you imagine what the church would look like today, guys, if we took that seriously? And I want, I want to encourage you to know that it's okay if you don't have the muscle to do that perfectly. There's not a one of us who has that muscle done perfectly. But I do want to encourage you to start building it, to let the Lord uh, train you. And the way that we, if we're going to train our children, if we're going to be able to encourage, comfort, and urge them, in the right way, well, we've got to be willing to let God work in our life. And so Hebrews tells us this is what it looks like. It says, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10, our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. Guys, what I love about this picture is that he tells us the purpose of discipline. The purpose of being dis disciplined is so we can share in the holiness. Now, here's the question for our hearts today in the unholy times in which we live. Do we value that holiness? Do we want to share in that? Is, and are we, are we so willing to want to share in that that we'd be willing to be disciplined by it? Because he tells us if we will um, submit ourselves to that discipline, then there will be a harvest later on of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained. So guys, I want to encourage you, as I would encourage myself in my home, to be a man who is willing to submit to the discipline of God so that then you are trained by it and now you know how to pass that on. Because we really, you know, truth is we can't train others to a standard or to a, a path or a journey that we ourselves have not been trained to. And so that's the hard, that's the heavy lifting, guys, is to, is to be just as passionate about loving Jesus and being passionate, being holy in private, in our hearts, in our home. So when we actually um, go into our homes, go into our churches, go into our world, that what we're sharing is coming out of the authenticity of our journey. Now, I want to speak to some of the things that are really at the epicenter of our times. And I, I know as I do that I want, to, I want to acknowledge that these are personal, these are powerful, but the reality is sin is crouching at our door today. And I want to encourage you as a family leader and as a church leader to find that place, whatever it takes, where truth meets grace. So that even when we're dealing with this crazy uh, thing that can't even, my children are like, what is abortion? Dad, we can't even comprehend why people would want to kill their babies. Well, it's to know that we live in times that are, that are rejoicing in loving and killing the baby. And they think that they're actually doing right, that there's a, there's a morality to it. And so how do you deal with that in a way that's going to be compassionate and yet with conviction. And I, I know that if you're a pastor, a lot of times the, the challenge might be to say, well, I don't, I don't want to talk about abortion or 
you know, politically, you know, enlightened or challenged topics like that. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I know there are going to be a lot of ladies out there and guys that have, have uh, been around and, and have even had an abortion. And I want to, I don't want to hurt their heart, but guys, I, we've got to be willing to speak to the sins of the day. I think there's a way to do it in a way that speaks boldly about the conviction and yet also finds compassion. And I I think it's important that we do that. Otherwise, we could become very guilty of letting uh, the the Holocaust of our time uh, unfold without doing anything about it. I really enjoyed the article I read recently by Shane Eidelman on Christian Post. He writes from time to time there, and, and I really appreciate his courage. And I, he was telling the story about a, a father who was going through the Holocaust Museum with his young daughter. And as they walked past the photos of the death camps and the, death, and the gas chambers, his daughter, you know, silently contemplated the horrors that were unfolding before her eyes and she just didn't didn't say anything to her dad as they were going through and he was he was wondering if maybe it had been a little bit uh, too strong for her was it was she too fragile to cope with the truth of the holocaust would she begin to even doubt god and would, would there be negative impacts on her life well his questions were answered about two hours later uh, when they got home when his daughter finally spoke up and she said dad why didn't someone do something? Daddy, why didn't someone do something? And guys, we can't change history as to the atrocities that were done in the past in our country or in others. But here's what is so powerful. We can do something about the future. But we can't just do something publicly that's going to have eternal impact. It's got to start in our own heart, in our own home. And so what we want to acknowledge, just like Martin Luther said, where he says, where the battle rages, there the loyalty of a soldier is tested. And I want you to know, it is going to take great courage, as Shane Eidelman said there in his article, as the moral and cultural war wages between our shores, the need to be awakened from our spiritual slumber has never been greater. So my challenge here on the program today and and the pastor's challenge and the family leader's challenge is to awaken the soul, to speak to the enemy is here. We've got to wake up. We've got to engage in the battle and to do it in a way that incites courage and even conviction without condemnation. And so I want you to know today, wherever you are on the journey of letting God come into your heart and pierce through those fears and strengthen your faith. I want you to know your God is proud of you. He is so grateful that you actually have the guts to take him at his word to any level. And guys, that's what encourages me that you would be tuning in today because abortion, homosexuality, uh, these topics that are just like huge and being forced on us. And we're, we're being told if you're a loving leader, if you're a loving family leader and, and a family church leader, you will actually embrace these cultural sins of the day and you, you will love people by accepting their behavior. And that's how love is, is being defined. But let's just notice that's not how our God loved. Our God so loved the entire world that what he do? He acknowledged that we were in our sin. He didn't you know, push that off to the side. And then he sent, he sacrificially led. He gave his one and only son to the world that who would ever believe in him 
would not perish, but have everlasting life. And guys, that example of our God, that example of our Jesus is that place. He finds that perfect place where truth meets grace. He knew the kinds of atrocities that we would commit even before he created us, before he even sent his son to earth. And yet that is the reason. That is how our Jesus loved us. So I think there's a way, guys, in which we can actually speak to the sins of our day. What is evil is being spoken of as good, and what is, being, is good is being spoken of as evil. So we need guys that are willing to come alongside where, wherever they have influence and leadership in their home or in the church or in the world, and to love people enough to encourage them, comfort them, and urge them to live lives worthy of God in His kingdom. That means making sure we're not just speaking to, hey, here's 10 ways you can have a happier life on earth. Now, I, our God, I'm, I know he loves to see his children having fun, having great times of, of happiness and joy, but obviously he wants something more. He wants genuine faith. He wants us to be able to share in his holiness. And that's why he gives us a chance to go on the journey up. And we notice that in all the instruction he gives us, he tells us, guys, it's not going to be easy. His entire Sermon on the Mount is letting us know that there is a narrow path that leads to life and there is a wide path that leads to destruction. You got two choices. He says, I want you to know only if you find it. And that's very sobering to us today to know is my heart finding the narrow path only by the grace of God, guys, right? I mean, if you say amen with me, only the grace of God allows us to find that narrow path. But if you have found it, you've discovered the narrow path is anything but easy. It's good, it's glorious, but it's dangerous from the moment you step up and begin to climb because you're climbing against the gravitational pull of your own sin nature and all the sin that would come against you from outside as well. Here's what I want us to notice. I love this picture as we try to figure out, okay, so when it comes to leadership today, leading in the home, I've given you a picture of how the family leader and the church leader there in 1 Thessalonians are called to, to lead. Now let's notice what happens whenever uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, here's what it looks like if we are leading churches that are loving on people with the truth and grace of Jesus. He tells us, and he again, it's coming out of, I love the context, because in 1 Corinthians 13, he has just told them, okay, don't get caught up in all these, these really um, amazing gifts like speaking in tongues and prophecy and forget to love, guys. Don't forget the main thing. If you do all that but have not love, he says, you're nothing. So then he moves into, he gets even more practical because he knows they're drawn to these outward gifts that can be heard uh, and seen among men. And so he says, okay, so here's what I want you to know. If you're in, there in verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 down in verse 24, he says, okay, so let's say an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everybody's prophesying. Okay, so what I love about this picture is it kind of speaks to our day where there's a good heart today, an amazing heart of, of love and compassion for the unchurched. And that's a powerful, I love the heart, guys, um, and especially if you're in church planting, so appreciate your heart. Here's what he tells us. He says, okay, I want you to know this is what a successful picture looks like if someone who's unchurched comes into church, which I would say a lot of churches would say that's what they're there for, okay? He says to us, and again, hold, get ready. You might want to sit down. <clears throat> he says, okay, they come in. 
And while everybody's prophesying, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all, and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. And he falls down, and he worships God, exclaiming, Wow, God is really among you. Do you see what happens? Transformation, successful spiritual leadership results in people finding that place where truth meets grace. That means they have to find their, where their sin enters in. And if we never smell a stench of our sin, we're just not going to fully appreciate the grace of God. And that sinner, as he's laying down there on the, on the ground for the first time in his life, worshiping God, he knows who God is. And he realizes it because he now knows he isn't God. You see, as long as you're on the throne, you don't worship God because you feel you're pretty good. But the Word of God tells us, nope, the truth is we all have secrets in our heart that need to be laid bare. Guys, I want you to know that you and I have deep hearts. You know that some of your thoughts, I mean, you're like, man, I hope my, those thoughts never are known by anybody in this world. And a lot of times we don't know a man's thoughts until they pop out in his actions and his habits and his lifestyles. But guys, to know that you're loving God, he knows our inmost thoughts. And right now, he would still send his son Jesus to die for you. He wants you and I laid bare. Why? So we feel naked and ashamed? No, he wants us naked and unashamed to know that who we are before God is nothing without him. And when you and I come into that knowledge, watch out. Now that's a guy that's gonna change in his leadership, in his home, in his church, because now he is ready to journey up with Jesus. You see, that's the kind of churches that we need today. Churches that would speak to the sinfulness of homosexuality or abortion or whatever sin is being held up as good, but yet speak to it in a way that says, and yet, guys, here's the rope of God's grace that you could tie into right now by faith if you're willing to repent of your sin. Now, repentance is, is not a word that we like until our heart is ready to come clean, to be fully laid bare. And so guys, as we close out today, I just want to ask you, are you willing to be a man who would be willing to lead your heart, lead your home, lead in your church and your world toward eternal success? not earthly, that even if, even if eternal leadership results in you uh, suffering in the body, whether it's through your health or your, through your wealth or through your happiness, that you would still believe and lead a life that says, I have found God. He is really here in my home because I've discovered how sinful I am and how holy he is. And as you let him train your heart and you discover, you get to share in his holiness. You get to climb the holy heights. And then you turn around and you look at your unholy world. And instead of looking down on them, you look over at them and you say, man, I want them to experience the holiness, these holy heights that I have found. And then you're in a place where you're ready to lead them to that place where truth meets grace. Guys, it'll be tough. You're going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, dis disappointing because there's going to be times where you're going to mean well. You're going to share truth and grace. And you know what? Your world will not like you. 
And there'll be times where they'll say, yuck, you just offended me. I hate you. You're, and we got to be willing to say, you know, I still love you. We don't return evil with evil. We don't get insulting. We don't lash back. We just say, you know, I still love you. And I want to journey with you. We don't shrink back from truth. And yet we don't shrink back from grace. We will take wisdom. And by the grace of God, we will find that place. Guys, thank you for joining me today. I pray you've been encouraged. Join me next time as we continue to journey up by faith. First in our heart, then in our home, and then, and just maybe then, by God's grace, we'll have something to overflow into the church of Jesus Christ today. And as it storms the gates of hell, watch out. It will change America. It will change our times. God bless you.